Welcome to the Week in Italian Startup, where we discuss the latest highlights happening in the Italian tech and investment ecosystem. All right, big news of last week, probably the biggest one is Young Platform, uh, crypto exchange raising about 16 million euros uh, in a round led by Azimut, Bancasella, United Ventures in particular. So uh, Young Platform has been around uh, actually for, uh, for a few years. Uh, the founders have been working on, you know, on crypto since it was not really suspicious, so unsuspicious times. And, uh, and they've been doing really well. They've been, this is the third raise, they're closing. So they had like two seed round. This is the biggest one and uh, definitely well-timed since the, all the collapse of the crypto space <laughs> of last week. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wonder whether the round was priced before or after the, the collapse. Uh, I'm afraid before. <laughs> Uh, and for, for sure, the, the, the change in valuation on the markets will have some you know, impact on the revenue model of the platform because they'll more or less they will take a fee on, on the volume. Uh, so in the short term, there may, might be some you know, uh, cloudy, cloudy weather ahead, but still, uh, I think the, platform, the platform is a very good product, uh, very, very well positioned. Uh, actually, the, it's curious because they're aimed at uh, younger users uh, who are well educated about finance, crypto and stuff like that. So they, uh, they take this very basic approach in trying to, you know, teach before, uh, before trading. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of like it also because, you know, in a broader sense, teaching younger people, particularly younger guys that are, well, I believe undereducated in economics. Uh, it's great, uh, so really good for them. And the second interesting bit is the round was led by Azimut, in particular by the crypto fund launched by Azimut uh, yes. and headquartered in Singapore. So I, that's exactly where I wanted to go, exactly where you mentioned. So I knew it. I you, knew knew, it. You, knew, you know me already, exactly. So, uh, yeah, very interesting dynamic, actually. So actually, uh, Azimuth is using three different vehicles to invest, surprisingly enough. So They're throwing everything they have. At the exactly. They, they, they did. They really did. So this is the general spectrum of what they're offering in terms of products. So Azimuth has about 86 billion with a B under management on or in very, very different like sectors, including public equities, real estate, a ton of different strategies and so and different kind of products under the venture capital sort of label. They have about like these five products, uh, which are LTIF generally or SPAs. Uh, so they're investing essentially in young platform through number one, the digital asset opportunity, which is exactly the one you mentioned. And it's interesting because this is, was completely done with the idea of investing in, uh, into blockchain or blockchain related technology together with two great groups that are already like active in the space, Signum Bank in particular, Singapore based Signum Bank and SBI Group, which is a Japanese uh, conglomerate essentially, which is also investing in, uh, in, in blockchain. 
So they really like the angle of, uh, of involving partners in, uh, in dealing like with specific uh, investments. So I thought it was uh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, I, if, if I may, Jack, so sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but the other thing that I find amusing about this fund is the name, Digital Assets Opportunities, DAO. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about <laughs> decentralized autonomous organizations. So basically, uh, I, I want to know the whoever uh, came up with the name because it's genius. Genius, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was interesting, and uh, that's the first um, the first vehicle they're using. The second vehicle they're using is a Digitech fund, which is the one in conjunction with Jellyfy. I think uh, this is older. This is an older fund, a Digitech fund. It's been investing all around. Jellyfy has provided support. Uh, the, basically, the target fund is 65 million euro. I don't know where they are right now in terms of raise, but they've been placing investments uh, like all across the, the, the last like three to four years, I would say, through this, uh, this vehicle. Maybe less. Probably a bit less. But maybe a bit less. Maybe a bit. Couple of, couple of years, probably. Couple of years, yeah. So again, a great partner, Jellyfy, uh, which is an um, uh, investor slash accelerator slash advisor uh, to corporates. Very, very famous uh, in Italy. Uh, very active, actually. That's, that's also very interesting. So the third one that uh, is not completely evident is the SPV that they did specifically for, um, for Young Platform, which I'm trying to retrieve the name, which is uh, Azimut yeah, yeah. Direct Investment uh, young platform SCSP, which is it's a very um, it's a basically the equivalent of an SPV for Luxembourg. Uh, it's called it's called Special Limited Partnership, and uh, it's very interesting because it's extremely quick to set up, relatively cheap if you raise funds less than hundred million under management, unregulated, and what is interesting is that you also get a easy number ISIN. So actually, it's a coded security that people can pretty much purchase in uh, on different like uh, uh, allocation uh, platforms. So that's uh, particularly interesting. The structure is the classic sort of US GPLP uh, and partnership like structure. So it's the triumvirate in a way where there is like the the company, the GP company with the GPs, of course, the LPs on the other side, and then the partnership where actually is the, the core of the assets and through which all the investment are made. So the guess, which probably is like the way they, they've been doing is that they created an SPV for their high net worth uh, uh, clients, which they've been using actually to co-invest alongside two different funds. So yeah, they definitely threw everything they had toward uh, toward this investment. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Banca Sella also is strategic. Uh, when I was reading that, I was thinking of the 1 million subscriber to Young Platform that are potentially, you know, the future customer of, uh, of any bank, pretty much. So Banca Sella is really placing a very strategic bet. I think United is following on, on this round. Yes. Okay, cool. Cool. Yes. Interesting. Right. Moving on, let's talk about green tech start tech startup uh, Nature Beats raising 1.5 million, also one of the big round of last week. 
Uh, I thought it, it was very interesting. Well, first of all, because of the product, okay, they, they produce like a biodegradable cellulose microparticles, which I guess they, they're used in a bunch of different like medical application, right? I've got no idea. Okay. But they think so. Yeah. Uh, so these not, are my, yeah. my field of expertise. There you are. Yeah, super interesting because uh, the investor is this prog- the Progress Tax Transfer Fund. So I thought it was uh, it was very good because uh, in Italy we, we often talk about uh, tech transfer, and it's a very you know there are a few companies actually working on this kind of project. This uh, basically the investment is gonna uh, finance all the development. So it's a it's a pre-revenue company. It's it's a basically like something that comes out of universities, and that, that's where these guys are working. So the Progress Tech Transfer. Uh, fund is basically allocating in a very, very, very early stage of, uh, of a project. Yep, yep. Well, the, the, the investment thesis is, is in the main tech transfer. So yeah. they, they really invest at the very beginning to sustain the final phase of uh, research and development, probably. So the, uh, the, the, the higher, uh, mid to higher uh, level of the uh, technology readiness level, probably mm-hmm. four to six. Uh, and they, they are one of the funds that we talk about them that raise capital from the Itatech uh, ah, yeah. Fund of Funds program. Interesting. Fund. Interesting. Yeah. So they're one of the four. Yeah. I believe. That's awesome. It. Awesome. All right. Uh, moving on, talking about YAG. So, Italian Angel for Growth, uh, it's an, one of the famous Italian Angel Club, uh, basically active in Italy. They've been investing. They've been uh, participating in a four million pound round raised by Swoop, which is a fintech based in the in the UK. So this is a good case because uh, Italian investors are really not only you know placing bets in Italy; they're also like very active abroad. Club degli Investitori has been investing abroad for years. Uh, Yag has been investing abroad for years. Um, uh, other angel groups have been like also investing like abroad. So that's uh, but uh, you know. I think it's valuable because we not only look at Italian uh, founders, but also Italian investors kind of having this broader picture. So I thought it was, uh, it was a good use. Yeah, it doesn't happen that often, but still, uh, since I believe that in Yag in particular, probably also part of the investitori, different sourcing comes from all the angels in the, in the club. Mm-hmm. So maybe there are, there are some associates that are, you know, have, have, have links or working in the, abroad in the UK. Yeah. So they're bringing deals home. Uh, so it happened that Yagi uh, participated in this round. Yeah. Good to know. I mean, uh, we're expanding our footprint. Totally, totally. Good network also. Like angels have a very, very good network all across different countries. So that's why not leverage that for sure. Interesting. All right. Let's talk about uh, Wopta that you mentioned. So Wopta essentially is an insure tech company. Uh, announcing a pre-seed of 3 million euro uh, from Business Angel. That's a pretty big uh, pre-seed round, I would say. What, uh, what is your take on this? It's mostly financed by Angel. It's, uh, you know, it's substantial. It's um, at least uh, not worthy. Yeah, we need to mention that. Yeah, oh, I, I don't know. I mean, every now and then labels uh, elude me. So I, I don't know what pre-seed means or seed means, I don't know, because they are launching it on the market. So is that a pre-seed? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, or almost launching it on the market. Uh, 
but still, the round is sizable. Uh, it seems that uh, since the founders come from a uh, well, the right corporate career, exactly. Uh, this is a really a friends and family round where you reach out to the network and giving the names in play: Axai, Zurich, Accenture, yeah, uh, BMP Paribas. So. They're all the big names and probably it's you know, feasible to get to 3 million. Uh, so it makes sense. And the position in Capota, if I'm not wrong, is on the uh, small businesses. So the target is um, small office, home office, so single entrepreneurs, uh, professionals. Uh, so they have a very specific market position into this. I wouldn't call it niche. Mm -hmm. It's probably quite a sensible market in Italy. Uh, quite a, there are quite a few million people who are solo, solo, solopreneurs, solo, solo workers, professionals. So it's quite a sensible market. It's something that usually you don't, you know, see easily. So, yeah, and uh, it's good because it's a simplification play. So mm. instead of uh, you know going through the whole process of getting insurance in, in a different way through a traditional way, this is like a streamline the process. Especially solopreneurs really don't have much time, so to speak, to to waste on uh, on operation and admin. So that's a it's a very a very very good solution for sure. Yeah, and spending hours on the phone with the, with the uh, salesman from the insurance. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm saying because it happened to me the other day. Okay, there you go. <laughs> hello, hello. Do, do you have a, half an hour? I want to talk, you, to talk to you about a new product. Can you send me something by email? Just you know, I can wow. get the read. No, it's too, it's too complex. I need half an hour. It's too complex. I will not understand it. So thank totally. you. And bye you bye. don't have the focus. You don't. You cannot spend half an hour of focus on on that on a product. No way. way. I agree. I agree. No way. So talking about simplification, let's talk about Soldo. Actually, on the same note offering uh, essentially like a free package for uh, startup founders, which I thought it was, uh, it was very awesome. So Soldo has been around for, for, for a decent amount of time. It's been like uh, fairly successful and they provide like quick financing to, uh, to businesses on both different sorts. So being it loans, being it like equity from maybe like investors. So it's a, it's a nice solution that they try to integrate also with a cash management uh, platform. So it's a, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things, and that's uh, definitely beneficial for, uh, for again small business owner like solopreneurs, people that they need things done quickly without really like uh, you know spending too much time in uh, in the paperwork. That's that's the idea. Yep, yep. Yeah, see, yeah they started out with this uh, rechargeable credit card that you could or debit card that you could you know distribute to your to your people, mm -hmm. so you can you know you can take control of how expenses are you know, run and managed for the company and expanded, as you said, with, with other products. Um, they're based in the UK, even mm -hmm. though the, the founders are Italian. Uh, and I think it's a very, very interesting move uh, this one to, you know, to offer for free the solution to private startups. Uh, it's nice, uh, you know, give back to the country. But of course, it's also a great media play and uh, uh, marketing stunt. So Walandri is very good, that's for sure. <laughs> Beneficial. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. That's good. Awesome. 
All right, let's talk about Medix, actually. So um, Medix is a startup doing uh, essentially providing um, 3D modeling for surgery. So the idea is that uh, given certain operations, surgeon needs to practice uh, on 3D models, or that's uh, basically to increase like the, the accuracy of the operation. They provide like high accurate, high definition uh, 3D models on which uh, surgeons can really operate and train for uh, for the operations. I thought it was uh, particularly interesting, and um, yeah, again, a pretty pretty fair, fairly big round, two million euro raising from Equiter SPA and uh, plus 1 million euro in debt. So here we have a, a combination of debt and equity, which is uh, particularly ad advantageous probably for the, the nature of business, I would say. Uh, it's a Turing uh, um, originated startup. And uh, I think it was from the I3P, the Polytechnico uh, incubator. So that's a, that's a very good success case actually for the, the incubation space. Uh, in Italy, again, we have a lot of uh, uh, situation like that where university launches launch their own startup. Uh, you know, it's 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 tough. I don't think the success rate is one of the highest, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah, these guys are doing amazing job for sure, and they probably found a very interesting uh, niche on um, on the surgical space. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree with you. The I three P is a very good institution. They've got a lot of startups incubated, or, you know, post-incubation, uh, and quite a few interesting cases, actually. Uh, I, of course, again, uh, medics is not in my in one of my verticals, but what I do see is that, you know, uh, surgery is being slowly digitalized in a little bit of a way. So I, I can see this, uh, you know, first, first, take uh, the, the simulation of the operation and then you learn how to you know, perform in the simulation as a machine and then you automate the, the reality. So there is a trend there. Yeah. And we are seeing the, the beginning of the end of surgery as we know it. <laughs> well, That's uh, sure. is it good or bad news? 15 years. Is it think, good or, or bad news? I don't know. I don't know. It depends on, on many things. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, how, I mean, it's a precision, it's a patient's uh, type of work. Uh, it's a precision That's a good a point. That's a good point. based type of work. I mean, uh, so the, the surgeon of the future is really like an engineer at that point. Yes, it, it is closer to an engineer. It's probably interesting. And very machine enhanced in a sense. Yeah. I mean, we are, you know, right now, right now the, the surgeon is driving the machine, but slowly it will be the other way around. So the machine will do the work and the surgeon will, you know, try to probably work on exceptions. So mm -hmm. things are point. not going as planned as I I don't know, I'm no expert absolutely. No, but it makes sense. It makes sense because um, imagine how many routinely performed operation people uh, sort of attend exactly. every day in every single hospital. So specialists are the one that actually will will have an edge for sure. But uh, but yeah, I agree completely. Like uh, we've seen like augmented reality like tools uh, being immediately implemented in uh, in uh, 
surgery uh, educational tool like this one, which uh, just uh, basically improves the chance of performing like a perfect operation. So that's, uh, that's definitely super interesting. Uh, I've also seen like people building 3D models to actually, uh, well, actually a responsive 3D model so that uh, um, students, medicine students can actually practice to recognize symptoms and, uh, and uh, do a diagnosis and uh, you, you know play with the, with the model so that's uh, i thought it was very powerful actually very very powerful yeah well you're at the beginning of some interesting cycle we should we should invite someone from the, uh to, to from, from the medical sector about the future of medicine yeah probably right. the, this area of medicine yeah. uh, emergency medicine this this, this like augmented medicine mm. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah awesome awesome all right Moving on, uh, 360 Capital, moving into the seed space. That's interesting. So 360 Capital, one of the, probably together with Primo uh, Venture is one of the oldest uh, VCs in, uh, in Italy. And well, 360 is also um, active in Spain. And uh, I think in Spain, right? Spain and France, maybe? France. 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 Sorry, yeah, exactly. France in particular. And uh, they've been working mostly on series A's and B's. Uh, now they're kind of going back a little bit to see it, but again, this is uh, just a loose uh, definition, as you say. You know, uh, number change every year. We don't. I mean, it's it's always like a moving a moving target. But the idea is that they're like they want to enter earlier than than what they've been doing. So they launch basically their uh, which number of fund is it? I don't know. Forty. Ah, number of fund. Ah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, they launch quite a few. They launched quite a few across the, the years and uh, they announced basically a raise of about 45 million. So the size of the fund is going to be 45 million euro. Uh, and yeah, very open to Western Europe, not only France or Italy, but really like uh, intervening in other geographies as well. So I thought it was, uh, was particularly interesting. Mm-hmm. According to CrunchBase, it's the eighth ah. fund number eight. Number eight. Uh, yeah. And the first. The first one was from more than 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Wow. Man. 20 years ago. Yes. Interesting. Uh, yes, 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 yes. So it's, it's, uh, it's uh, a, an old vintage. I hope it's uh, it's closed already or something. Well, yes, the initial ones. Yeah, they closed quite a few, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they probably have, uh, I would say three to four active, if, mm-hmm. you know, crunch bases, you know, complete in terms of information. And the last three were actually quite seed from the numbers. Hmm. So 38 million, then 38 million, then 48 million, then 45 million, the last. So that gives them about a hundred and something uh, million euro under management, more or less, I would say. Uh, yeah. But then we have another one from Vintage 2014 and another mm-hmm. one Vintage 20, 2012. That's probably closing down right now. So Interesting. It's not a huge, huge size in terms of funds, but um, it's nice that they are, you know, um, targeting the entire Europe. Yeah. With some vertical interest in big tech and B2B SaaS. So. But 45, though, it's a kind of enough for the seed space in a way to place like a little bit of bets. Maybe they are planning to do like smaller checks. So that's uh, that can be like one uh, one possible way to handle like a fund, which, yeah, I agree. It's, it's not huge, but uh, maybe that's uh, strategically 
like a thought that way. Uh, I don't know. That's that will be interesting. If you think about it, in the announcement, if I'm not wrong, they uh, they they tell about like um, pre precedent seed up to two million. Okay. Uh, in a forty-five uh, million fund, uh, if they don't raise any more, uh, you will probably have uh, about thirty-eight, mm-hmm. thirty-nine million you can invest, thirty-six, thirty-nine in that range. Uh, means that um, if you put down one million on average, you probably can do. It depends on, on the resource, but you don't have much space for reserve. Usually, it's 50-50, So mm-hmm. probably means uh, fifteen to twenty investments, and the rest and the, the first half and the other half is reserves. Interesting. Interesting. Fifteen, 15 to yeah. twenty is the you know the traditional number for a for a seed or a stage fund. So. Probably awesome. easily by the book. All right. On the closing note, uh, let's talk about our friends, the CDP Venture Capital, SGR, like launching another one, another accelerator uh, for for Habitech. Essentially, it's called Habitech, and it's for uh, essentially uh, prop tech. Yeah, it's prop tech fund. Uh, I thought it was interesting because uh, a lot of corporate partners here which maybe you don't see much in other other accelerator. So this one is, is uh, has like a big players like Ariston, uh, Coima. Uh, there are a few, there are a few actually. So Digital Magics is always like in the back, uh, in the background sort of helping out. Uh, but yeah, there is like an industrial group which, uh, which can actually, which are actually planning to probably like support or at least have a look. Gabetti, for example. Uh, Illimity Bank, Planet Smart City. So there are a few. There are a few. Yeah, I, I was taking a look at Coima because I didn't know about them. It's a real estate investment platform, basically. They yeah. have 9.3 billion asset under management. I don't know what stabilized asset under management means, but you know, real estate is not my bread and butter. What number of accelerator? Are we? Yeah, I, I, yeah. We keep the count. You keep the count of the funding. I keep the count of the CDP accelerator. Give me one second. I think it's thirteen. I think it's thirteen. I think so. Let me let me check it out. But uh, okay, let's see. Let's update our our count of, of accelerator. Did you, did you have PropTech on your accelerator bingo card? I think so. I think I think we had PropTech. Yeah, InsureTech and PropTech. They're there. One. <laughs> 14 14 14 wow. yeah. yeah 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 the the one before was about uh, uh health and uh, and, uh, and uh, basically healthcare in general the one before were, uh, was was aerospace yeah. and uh, and the silver tech yeah and now it's uh, is is uh, is prop tech so that's uh, there you go you have some real estate in the mix as well okay. what's next yeah yeah i was wondering the same <laughs> i have no idea yeah i mean come on verticals are gonna run out at some point so so you guys stop please <laughs> please. Please. please all right <laughs> 
Uh, one last mention that I thought it was very good. It was the, the collaboration with Telepass in generally, trying to sort of reinvent uh, the way uh, mobility is going to work. Uh, so essentially the news is that uh, there is this uh, um, teaming up of generally with Telepass. Uh, launching a connected car device, which is offering like a bunch of different services, not only about like a, a toll payment, but also parking. Uh, you can pay fuel, you can use the app, the Telepass app to do a lot of things. And I thought it was very interesting because it's kind of a concentration of uh, automotive services for, uh, for the mobility of the future. So you have the device and then you can, no matter what, which car you drive, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's a car of the future, so that's, uh, I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, I, I totally agree. That's what, you know, yeah. I posted it because it's, it's, a, um, it's something that you, you, you usually would see something like that from, from, from a startup. And mm-hmm. actually this is coming up from uh, the entrepreneurial arm of the Generali and Telepass putting them, you know, together the ideas and putting ideas together and launching yeah. this. Um, brainchild of exactly. two different business models. That's really interesting. Exactly. All right. Last comment on Sequoia, the Sequoia presentation. After the Y Combinator letter, Sequoia also is like giving interesting heads up to their uh, their portfolio about you guys. Uh, you know, chill out. Let's control the cost. Let's make sure everything is in place. What's your comment on that? Yeah, well, it seems that all American VCs have been, you know, uh, running one above the other in order to tell the world that, you know, things are changing and now you need to switch to default live mm-hmm. uh, rather than uh, uh, invest like crazy in growth. Uh, and I've been following Twitter conversations that were, uh, they were incredible. I mean, like people saying that, you know, my investor asked me to hire like 200 people more than we needed just because, you know, if you have a lot of people, you are showing growth. Yeah. Now, now I, if that's true, if that's true, and I don't know whether that's true, probably it's false, but still, now I understand why, you know, the first thing they all, the, the, the later stage company, the first thing they are all doing is basically uh, keep laying people off. Because yeah. as the music is playing, uh, okay, you can, you can cover the fact that you have more people than you need, but if the music stops, yeah. Things slow down. You but having said that, I don't have a strong opinion. I mean, I'm not surprised that, you know, as, you know, uh, so the, as public markets go down, then, you know, uh, late stage deals uh, slow down because public markets go, go totally. down. Because basically, there are the same investors there. And it's, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, if, you see, if, if you're seeing your exit in three years becoming more difficult, you, you know, tend to take slower decisions. Yeah. And things will probably triple down to early stages. Uh, with a certain lag. With fewer effects. With few, yeah. fewer effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, seed rounds will still be seed rounds and will not become, you know, uh, one tenth of seed rounds. Maybe you will not see the, the crazy numbers. But yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that the top 10% of the best startups out there, the top 10% will still close deals yeah. uh, and they will have still. Uh, pretty uh, crowded deals uh, yeah. with investors trying you know, to uh, find oh, yeah. space in these deals. The bottom 10%? Yeah. They, they but, will freeze. To, 
completely. That's there is a there is a positive side to that, which is uh, tough love, but it's important. Which is uh, it's a little bit of a purge of the sector with uh, a reevaluation of uh, yeah, as you say, the bottom. Uh, so the hype actually is it can become under control instead of throwing capital because uh, the next NFT project is popular. Now investors are way more cautious. And, and that's good. That's a good sign, actually. So I agree with you. All the market downturn is gonna definitely like trickle down, on on a, like a slowly and slowly. So on a different degree, not as powerfully as as in the public market or in the IPO sector. So we'll we'll see something happening. But I agree. Top top ten percent, even more, maybe top twenty, will still hold simply because. Yeah, I mean, they're solid businesses and second investor, they want to allocate capital on promising uh, projects. Yeah, so. exactly, because there is this other, this other aspect of, of, of the problem. I mean, uh, I was looking at the numbers last year, American investor raised uh, like $130 billion. So there are $130 billion under management raised just in 2021. Imagine. It's going to happen. To that that money is like it's not disappearing you know in, in, totally in the color smoke yeah so yes. they're going to deploy it eventually uh, unless they're giving back to the to the LPs saying i'm sorry i was kidding i'm not going to, to invest that, that capital which is so highly I, unlikely highly unlikely, highly unlikely. <laughs> uh, so probably a, a lot you're gonna find something just, they're gonna find something yes so you can slow down for like six months, one year, but then that capital is there to be invested. So I don't, I don't know what, what's going to happen, but still, this, this is something that you need to keep, uh, to keep in mind. Yeah. So I, I expect some bounces. Yeah, great point. Nick, we'll thank you it. so much. It was a great session, super interesting as always. So this is the Weekend Italian Startup. We're available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, all your favorite uh, podcasting and video platforms. So <laughs> thank you so much and I'll see you next week.